Welcome to Green Carpet Interviews. Let's get into the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Green Carpet Interview. Today, we have a very special guest on, which I'm excited about. Her name is Stephanie Dreyer. She is a vegan meal prep expert, uh, and her company is Batch Cooking Club. So I'm sure she's going to talk a lot about this, but uh, yeah, this is our, our guest, um, and I'm excited about it. Yeah, and I believe she also has over 20 years of marketing experience uh, working for wow. different companies. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. How, how's everything going with you? You know, going good. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I've seen a few of um, videos that uh, Stephanie's done, and she really has a very bubbly, uh, beautiful way about her. So I'm really excited to to get to meet her and and hear what she has to say. So yeah. it's great. All right, I guess without further ado, let's uh, let's uh, bring on Stephanie now, and uh, here she is. Oh, oh, oh! There she is. Hi. 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 How are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, well, so we're glad. we're excited yeah, to have awesome. you here too. Uh, you're 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 doing us the honor. So thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, So for those for those of our uh, audience who don't know who you are, mind just giving us a like a brief, you know, description. Yeah. Well, hi. Hi, everyone. So excited to be here. As I said, I'm Stephanie Dreyer. I'm a plant based meal planning expert. I specialize in families with mixed dietary needs because I'm a vegan and a non vegan family for now 13 years and um but didn't grow up vegan at all didn't go vegan um until you know until my late uh actually early 30s so you can do the math and figure out how old I am um and I my background actually um I I started in an online platform about seven years um seven or so years ago, maybe a little bit more. No, actually now more because I've been vegan almost 14 years. So about 10 years ago, just trying to connect with people and share my journey about being vegan because I was the only vegan in my social circle at the time, actually kind of still am in my family and, and community and was just looking for a way to connect. And I've always loved to cook. I've always been a self-taught cook. Um, And feeding my family healthy homemade meals has always been really important. And I struggled a lot to find that, um, you know, that how to do that once I became vegan. So anyway, I'm sure we'll get into that more. But long story short, it led me to create this online platform. I have two children's picture books. I've always been a writer. So that was kind of a fun, unexpected thing that I did along this journey. And I started a um, plant-based meal prep membership called Batch Cooking Club. So I'm the founder of that. Um, We've been around um, for about three years now. And um, I deliver basically um, prep plans and recipes every week to busy parents to make dinner easier so that you can sit down to the table more often with your family. Wow, Wow, that's that's good. That's amazing. (laughs) Totally different concept, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. So, you you said that you have a a, a mixed family. So you know, uh, plant you as the as the almost the sole vegan. Then you have like you know vegetarian, 
and you have, you know, meat eaters. And uh, so how, how is it, and it's been a struggle, I'm guessing, you know, but how is it, um, how, how do you sort of like do that? How do you meal prep for (laughs) multiple people, especially if you've got, because I think, you know, being vegan is, is not just, you know, a diet, right? It's like, it's a bit more of a, of a lifestyle. It's a bit more of a, you know, um, a a value-based, you know, lifestyle. So how do you sort of, how do you balance those two things? It's such a great question. And it's it's so, so much a part of my journey and why I'm here where I am today. So it it was a major struggle to, because I was basically a short order cook. And when I went vegan, I had a one-year-old, a four-year-old and a six and a half-year-old. So I was like in it, right? And I was working part-time and volunteering and doing all things. Like any busy parent can identify with where you're doing all the things. And so I was really a short order cook trying to do everything, still trying to be the good mom. I'm I'm Jewish. We celebrate Shabbat every Friday. Um, I don't know how much of your audience knows, you know, knows about Shabbat, but for us, it's like a very, um, I will say I cook every meal every night except for Saturdays is my day off but Friday I do like a little extra special meal I will say and it was very traditional you know we would have the roast chicken and all the vegetables and it got to the point where I was I told my husband I said I can't cook I can't touch the chicken I can't cook the chicken I'm having like what you you know I was it was a value thing it wasn't just about the food it was about I can't do this. I mean, and then it was like, I can't, can I buy the chicken? And if I buy kosher, is that better? I mean, it was a lot of struggling with myself of Mm. like, what are my values? Am I compromising my values? But also I need to honor my family. Like I can't just impose my um, ideals and beliefs on them because then what kind of a mother am I being? That's not very compassionate. And I'm trying to be a compassion, right? The whole reason for going vegan is compassion. So it's a lot, a lot of struggle, you know, down to my couch was beat was uh, leather back then. And it was like, do I throw out the couch? I mean, it was just <laughs> never ending. Right. Um, and my poor husband who had to like, kind of you know, this is not the the Latina. He jokes. He's like, I married a Catholic Latina woman, and you're and I converted to Judaism, by the way, um, shortly after I had kids. But um, you know, he's like, and now you're my where's my meat living? You know, carne asada loving <laughs> wife, and it's now this a completely different person. So there, I will say there was a definite. I'm not, you know, very transparent. It's not like it was like, oh, rainbows and sunshine and everybody was on board. No, it was hard for several years where I struggled to find my groove, to find my footing, to become comfortable with saying, you know what, I'm I'm living the way I am with integrity, compassion as best as possible. But my family has decided not to go on this journey with me. Well, you know, to a, to they're on the journey with me, but they did decide <laughs> right. not to to convert to veganism yeah. immediately, um, and that's okay. Like I had to come to terms with I'm not I can't judge them. I I mean, and it took me a while. You can ask them and my family. Like I was very judgmental at the beginning. I was very <laughs> um, like you know I was incredulous as to why 
they wouldn't do this with me after hearing and seeing the same information that I was receiving. And I did have to practice compassion and non, not being judgmental. And all those things, were, those values that drew me to veganism, I had to really ask myself some serious questions and go, wait a minute, are you being as compassionate as you can be with your mm -hmm. own family? So anyway, all that to say, it was a struggle. We, um, you know, it started with coming to some terms with what my ground rules were, like, what were mm -hmm. the things that I needed? What were the things that they needed? And how could we come together? Um, I'm lucky that my husband has been super supportive, you know, and he said, okay, I'll take over making the chicken. Like, you know, and there we have separate um, dishes and sponges <laughs> and plates and for, you know, kind of like a kosher household, but not a kosher household. Um, and we adapted. And I think, you know, that, that stuff still happening in my life, you know, I'm very environmentally conscious. And so, you know, like I got rid of paper towels and napkins in my house a couple of years ago, and that caused an uproar and people were, you know, my family's <laughs> like, what are you doing? And so to answer your question about how do you do this? It started with setting up ground rules. It started with getting really clear, like doing a lot of soul searching about what my hard nose were and what their hard nose were and finding that compromise, that common ground. And then when it came to feeding my family, I, like I said, I was so tired. I was so, so tired physically, emotionally, spiritually with cooking a bunch of different meals, you know, and I think mm. any parent can really relate to this. Even if you don't have a mixed dietary family, you've got picky eaters. This one won't eat this thing. And that one, won't. <laughs> and it's like, oh my goodness. So what I, I said, there has to be a better way. There's just got to be a better way. So I developed this system where one, I was, because it was important to me to make a homemade meal, you know, as much as possible. I came up with this, this um, way of eating. A lot of it is, um, I have a lot of different meal ideas that you can see all on my website, but it start. it's like plant core meals is the basis mm -hmm. of what I came up with. So if I start with a plant core meal, and have, you know, uh, let's say, let's just say tacos, for example. And the, and I have, you know, the, the meal at its core is vegan, but maybe there's two fillings and then you have all the different toppings. Okay. So there's the, um, I do the, the, the vegan black bean filling, but then there's the chicken filling or whatever that I'm not making somebody else in the house who wants that makes right there. My, if you know, if you have smaller children, your partner. So my husband took over that. Um, but it started with plant core meal ideas that I was like, okay, what can I start with? Was, was it a pasta? Is it a, you know, taco? Is it whatever it is where the, the main filling and the main meal is vegan, but they, I, on the side, I can put, you know, for your taco, you can have dairy cheese and non-dairy cheese, for example. And so that's how it kind of started. And then from there, I thought, okay, I'm busy. How can I simplify this even more? And I looked at how I could take components of the meals and prep like maybe four to six things on a Sunday in like an hour and mm -hmm. a half and have my meals, not the whole meal prepped and not all the meals for the week, but just enough so that I could get into the kitchen for a half hour yeah. to 40 minutes every night and finish dinner. And some nights I just, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, might be a soup or a stew that I've prepped on the week and I'm just reheating. Um, and I took it a step further by, by, cause I think a lot of the times when we're thinking about how to feed our family, we just think about, oh, what, when am I making dinner? I need five dinners this week. Let me just pick some random recipes. 
I got very strategic. So I'm a marketing mm. strategist by by trade, by education and, and career. But my like special secret sauce, I think, to everything that I bring is my project management. So I'm very strategic with my time and how I organize my time. So I took it a step far, further and applied that to say, okay, let me look at how much time I have to actually prepare dinner every night so that I could mm. pick recipes that fit that amount of time. So for example, if, you know, on Wednesday night, we have to eat at, you know, six o'clock because my, or say or I want to eat at six o'clock, but I know that I have a meeting up until 5.30 or a carpool and I'm only going to mm. have like 15 minutes to get dinner on the table. I'm not going to put in that really cool lasagna recipe that I've been dying to try because I've got 15 minutes. Instead, I'm going to plug in that really yummy chili that I made on that I'm going to make on Sunday so that all I have to do is reheat it and throw together a quick salad. So that's how I started planning to feed my family. And it started working and it was so much easier and I could breathe. And I was like, wow, I have time to like do things again. I started putting it, I would post it on my, on my refrigerator and on my counter friends would come over and go, what's this? And they'd see what I was doing and they'd say, oh my gosh, this is amazing. They'd hear, I only went to the grocery store once a week. They were like, what? I go like almost every day. And I started to realize that I, I was doing something different than other people that I just was kind of taking for granted that, you know, I, this was just how I did it. I got started, you know, from there it kind of snowballed into other things we can talk about more, but but to answer your question, a very long way to answer your question, that's kind of how, how it came all about of how I make it work for when you're, when you're vegan and a non-vegan family, that's how I make it work. Wow. That's great. That's really good. Um, I have, there's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> uh, like what, what do you feel like the turning points for, um, for you it was where you're like, you know what, I think I'm going to take maybe this idea of, you know, how do you, how do you meal prep for yourself? And then I want to now share this with other people. I want to, I want to coach other people and, and figure out how to get other people to, you know, so when was that turning point for you? Yeah. So, okay. That's a great question. And it's actually the re that's how I pivoted from just doing this for myself is so as I was saying, people's friends and family were like, oh, what is that you're doing? And that's so interesting. And I got this um, idea like, hey, I should teach a class on this. Hmm. So I was like, let me see. Okay. And friends were like, yeah, I would totally do. So I put together what I was calling prep Sundays and I could only swing it once a month because I had a full-time job and, and I remember like planning I worked with a I had a partner at the time she was a dietitian so we kind of worked together so like she kind of did the nutrition side of it and I put together these like exactly what we were just talking about like five recipes that you could prepare on Sunday and then I would explain to them how to turn those into meals later in the week so it could have been a sauce and that they they were going to turn into a you know pasta or casserole a soup um you know, whatever it was, a couple of different recipes to put meals together during the week. Mm -hmm. And I could only fit about eight people in my kitchen. So we, I paired them up 
and two people would work on each recipe and then it, and they brought their own containers their own Tupperware, and then they would leave with, you know, these components of meals and a list of recipes to turn them into dinner the next week. So I did this, I think, actually, I might've been doing it every other week, I think, because I did it the first week and the calls and emails and texts that I got the next week, it was like so rewarding. People were saying, oh my gosh, my, this is so much easier. This is life-changing. They were using words like wow. transformed life-changing, you know, like just amazing. And, and these were um, families who were not necessarily vegan. Some of them were vegan. Some of them had like one or two vegetarians in them, but I had a couple who weren't vegan at all, just wanted to eat healthier and add some healthy meals to their, to their um, family's menu. And so I was, First of all, I was so excited to hear that their family was enjoying the food because you never know, like, you know, you're, you think your food's good, but <clears throat> you don't know. Excuse me. I'm getting a little. Um, <clears throat> and then after that, um, they it, it became so, um, the momentum behind it became so, like, I, like I, all I can say is there's this energy that I felt that was like really pushing me and they're asking me to do it every week. And I'm saying, I can't this like, because I was doing all the shopping, the planning, the, the recipe development, you know, was a lot. So I thought, huh, there's something here, you know, how can I scale this to reach more people? Oh, because then as I started doing the classes, I started getting dads because I had mostly moms coming. I had dads who wanted to come with their daughters or with their um, other kids because they wanted their teen kids to get in on learning the cooking. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is so great. So I did continue. I, I was teaching some classes at a, the local community college and whatever. I was trying to do it all and really just was like, this is, I've got to scale this. So that's when I... Um, I happened to be working full time at the time and then suddenly got unexpectedly got let go from my job and was devastated because I was it was like my dream job. It was in the plant based world. And I thought it was, you know, I was going to be there forever. But it gave me the kind of the, the little nudge I needed to be like, hey, now you have some time. Let's see what you can do with this. So I gave myself like three months because I'd already was doing, you know, kind of still had this like idea brewing. And turned it into a digital project and, or a product and a membership. And then I and then I launched it. I decided, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go through. And then from there, at, upon launching, I kind of to answer your question about how do you how did you figure out you wanted to continue teaching and coaching? It became so rewarding to get the feedback from members, right? Um, that I was like, oh, you know, I really like this. I I guess I must be kind of good at this and people seem to like me. So I'm just going to keep doing it. And from there, it kind of grew with their hearing what their feedback was, what their needs were. I started doing some coaching along with the membership and doing other types of things that, that grew out of the membership. So everything that I've done and currently do in my business is very much driven from the feedback I get from the community that I'm serving. And because I am my customer, like I'm, you know, I am a vegan, non-vegan in a non-vegan family living and breathing the way that I teach. I'm doing that at home. I'm first, I'm a firsthand experiencer of the product and know, you know, my 
family has changed, you know, over the last few years, I've got one in college now. And so now I've got one in college two home and just adjusting and seeing how things change and adapt. It's given me a lot of good perspective to kind of keep up with the times and, you know, be relevant and, and make sure I'm, I'm in touch with what my members need and want as well. So that's kind of how it all came about. Wow. That's good. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Um, and I understand, especially because um, you're Jewish and so am I. I also converted. Oh, yes. I didn't know and, that. <laughs> yes. And, and so is my partner. And so is, uh, so is Deji's uh, girlfriend as well. And so. Oh, uh, well, I'm great company. Yes, totally. <laughs> and so, so be, be you be you talking about me? And I, I was thinking, that's interesting. I'm not sure if you thought about maybe um, uh, the angle of helping uh, Shabbat prep, that Shabbat meal prep, you know, for Shabbat day itself. You know, um, is there something that you've thought about or... or um, yeah, that would be kind of interesting, especially for people, especially if they're very orthodox and they don't want to do any cooking, you yeah, know, and yeah. stuff. That could be an interesting angle. I'm not sure if you've thought about that. What, what, or what do you think about that as a possibility? So I love that idea. And I actually have done my temple is I'm really involved in my temple and um, my rabbi has been so amazing at like bringing me in to do different things. Like I did, um, I did something for Passover. I've done something from Rosh Hashanah. Like I've done ideas for like enhancing, you know, your Seder, all these different things. And of course I bring my plant-based spin and my rabbi knows that I'm going to do that and is completely supportive of that. And it's actually interesting when my um, oldest became a bat mitzvah, the, her Torah portion was the section it was it was the section of the Torah where it talks about animals and and it actually is very aligned with veganism. I know there are there are all sorts of different parts of, totally. of the Torah yeah. that have different yeah, totally. but so it was actually very interesting because Judaism and veganism are when you look at the compassion parts, when you look at the there, there's some very strong links there. I mean, I don't want to get too religious and political and, and all that because I truly respect everybody's, you know, for everyone who's listening and watching. I, I respect no judgment or I, I'm never trying to push an agenda like you have to be vegan and you have to be Jewish or not at all. I just putting it out there that there are some, va the values are aligned. And, um, you know, for example, we just celebrated Passover and I, my whole Seder, I, I write my own Haggadah and I was all about like, you know, the celebration of Passover is all about the freedom, freedom from slavery and, and animals are enslaved, right? We talk about that as vegans. So um, I think doing a Shabbat, you know, idea would be great. Um, I'm actually going to be taking over our monthly challah baking and I'm doing, I'm making a challah, a vegan challah. And I, I wonder if there might be, and you're putting a little spark in my, if, you know, we serve challah at Shabbat. And I'm wondering if there's a way to incorporate some kind of uh, vegan Shabbat, more education in, when I'm doing that monthly challah baking, if people would be interested. So I think I will discuss that with the rabbi. So I thank you for that idea. I love Absolutely. it. I love that idea. Absolutely. And especially, <laughs> especially in some shuls where, 
where you have this cooking going on in the background, you know, so you can you can you can smell that uh, that beautiful delicious meal wafting into the into the sanctuary space, you know, because it's coming from social hall somewhere there. But maybe yes. there's a way to even help those who are actually doing those that work, you know, to make their lives easier. If there's a way to actually have that, so that there's some prep gone ahead uh, to get that much easier for them but anyway i was just uh, thinking about that uh yeah and of course in our shoe uh, we are uh, close to being purely vegan in our shoe mm -hmm. yeah and so, uh, so you're so, lucky yeah <laughs> so, Mine some, is not. <laughs> some, so some vegetarian is allowed occasionally but um but generally it's uh, mostly vegan yeah um yeah, I, I think the question that I have also is um, you had mentioned that you have the uh, dietitian that have actually worked with you, you know, at some point uh, when you're putting the meals together. And how do you navigate all the different nutritional needs that people actually have, especially being vegan, you know, the vitamin B and so on? How do you make sure all that is accommodated for, you know, all the proteins and so, so that, that's needed to make sure that they have a balanced meal? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't, I don't work with a dietitian anymore since I started the the membership. Um, it's and I, I always say I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. Um, you know, you should consult with your medical professional. I when I went vegan, that I met with a nutritionist and made sure the dietitian that I was getting all everything that I needed. And so really, you know, after 13 years of doing this, I have and and just studying again i'm not certified or anything but just like studying and knowing like what what we need as vegans what we need you know people think you need so much protein um when you know the standard american diet is way over in protein and the, the portion sizes and all the things but mm -hmm. um what i really just try to do is is have balanced meals that are healthy and nutritional use as whole foods you know as close to a a unprocessed, you know, my recipes don't include processed cheeses and, and meats. They're all, that's all optional if you want to include that. So I really try to use whole foods and all of my stuff. And in our, um, in the platform that I use for the recipes, it does break down, it calculates all the nutritional information for you. And I also, I have a daughter who has disordered eating. So I'm really careful not to tell you how many calories you should eat or how much, uh, what a serving size, how many servings you should have, but mm. the information is there for the recipe. So you can make that work for you, how, whatever journey you're on um, as well. <laughs> and um, what was I going to say though? You were, at, oh, so allergens. So I mean, we've really had it all in my family. So my son for for a year was on a gluten-free diet because he was having some uh, medical issues and we weren't sure if, if he might have celiac disease, mm. which he didn't, thank goodness. But he went gluten-free for a year. So I was cooking vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free. Um, and so I realized, you know, families are just struggling and juggling all these things. So I <laughs> made it a point. I'm like, let's let me just try to make it as easy as possible for, for these parents. So all of my recipes have options. Um, and I, I worked um, that dream job I was talking about. I worked with for a while, um, um, had a dietitian on staff and we all of our recipes were allergen free. 
So I really took that um, kind of that training with me and brought that into my membership to all of my recipes. If there is an allergen in them, I give you an option. So if there's a soy allergy, all the big, the big, what is it? Big seven, five. I can't remember what the number is, but nuts, you know, obviously there's no eggs. There's no dairy. Those allergens are out of there, but um, you know, nuts, soy, tahini, um, I know some people have the the sesame seed allergy. So anyway, mm-hmm. I if there's an allergy, an allergen in there, I give you an option to adapt that. So I really try to make it work for you because I say no no recipe or meal plan is one size fit fits all. Like I mm-hmm. I find it interesting these meal plans that are out there that they're you know it's just kind of plug and play. And for my family, that's never going to work. And I suspect that. I'm not alone in that. And so I try to make it as easy as possible to adapt it. We have an ingredient substitution guide for every ingredient and every recipe. So that way you can go, oh, your your child doesn't like broccoli. Here's an option to swap out the broccoli with, or, you know, you have a nut allergy. This is how you can make that same sauce without the cashews. So, mm. um, so yeah, so that's kind of been my approach to to making it work for for all these different dietary, nutrition, allergies, every, anything you can name. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. That's great. Do you do you have like a um? How 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 would you say that your like the the batch cooking club system sort of works, and and how do you feel like you're sort of like unique? in comparison to like other, other, you know, um, meal prep, you know, um, coaching and prepping, a, a, you know, yeah. Players. So, okay. I, I, I feel like I have a, you know, I'm biased obviously, but I feel like we're differentiated in a couple of areas. The first obviously is that we're, it's a plant-based, um, meal plan but it has options for non-vegans. So, Mm. you know, pretty much where you in the space right now, there's just general meal plans, right? And recipes that have meat and dairy and all and animals in them. And then there's just strictly vegetarian or plant-based ones. Mm. Mine is very specific that it's plant core, like I was mentioning, but in every recipe you have a little option for, okay, for your non-vegans, Here's what you're going to do so that you can accommodate everyone. I'm, I stick to my values. Here's where the, that compromise comes in. I stick to my values that every meal is plant core. You're never going to find an, a non-vegan ingredient in those recipes, but you'll have options to make it work for you. So that's, I think the first differentiator and it's, and it's family focused. Like it's, these are definitely recipes created with families in mind, um, for, you know, people that are cooking for more than one, <laughs> one or more than one or two. And then, um, although you certainly could make it work for two people, but I think it's more, you know, the recipes are usually for servings of four and more. Mm-hmm. And the second differentiator, I think, is we have, we don't just give you the recipes. We show you how to make them work for your schedule. So a little bit of like what I was mm-hmm. talking to you about before we have a five-step system and then every week I go into our group and I do a little video for everybody to walk them through, to walk the members through the plan. And I do what I call my little PSA. And it's, it's these three dates that I tell you to make with yourself every week to set yourself up for success, to make sure that you're getting the most out of your membership. And I say, if you do these three, set these three dates in your calendar and commit to them, 
you will be successful. You will be experience that transformative, you know, life-changing joy of dinner because you won't be running around scratching your head about what to make, you know, five minutes before dinner has to be on the table. And those three dates are, one is if you're in the membership to download the meal plan, finalize the grocery list. We give you a grocery list, you know, mm. do just take the 30 minutes. So if you don't have the membership, you can make this work for yourself is set aside 30 minutes to make your meal plan. Mm. Um, then the second uh, date is to set aside. And, and I say, put this in your calendar, actually calendar it like an appointment or a meeting. Um, your grocery shopping, set aside the mm. time to grocery shop. And then the third one is to set aside like an hour and a half to, or, you know, whatever it takes you, if you can do it in less about an hour and a half to, to two hours, I find is the sweet spot to do your meal prep. And mm -hmm. so we, we guide you through to do that. We say, okay, do those three things. And from there, everything will fall into place. So mm. we give you this five-step system that you start with that. Then we, then we take you through how to plug in the recipes. So like I was talking about earlier, you know, if you ha only have five minutes to get dinner on the table, you're not going to be, you know, making a full meal. You're going to be reheating something that you prepped on the weekend. So you need mm -hmm. to account for that when you're making that meal plan. Mm -hmm. And so I teach you, I talk you through how to do that so that when you get our recipes, you can plug them into the dates or the days of your week that make the most sense for your schedule, right? Mm. So, that, so that's another differentiator. And then I think the third thing is um, we don't just give you a prep plan and say, okay, make the sauce ahead of time, make the chili ahead of time. We actually, I actually give you a, a um, step-by-step in what order to get in and out of the kitchen in an efficient amount of time. Mm. So, you know, you, you're going to make the stew first. And while that's um, simmering, you're going to make the, the barbecue jackfruit. And while the jackfruit's simmering, you're going to make your hummus, whatever it is. So it's, it, it's a little bit more than just, okay, here's your recipes and here's, you know, the plan. Like there really is a lot of education in there and trying to help mm. you customize it to your life. Yeah. I really appreciate the um the thought about how long it takes because uh you know um I do I do most of the cooking in in my house. It's just me and my girlfriend, but uh she cooks every once in a while. She's she's a pescatarian so she still eats eggs and you know ice cream uh and cheese <laughs> and stuff like that and fish. Um so like on those days that she does that, I'm not involved, but like on the rest <laughs> of the time, you know, like the rest of the six days or so I'm involved in some way, you know? And so, <clears throat> but oftentimes I'm spending like two hours just in the kitchen, just like cooking, you know, the th and this is a whole thing. And then there's sometimes leftovers, you know, I, I eat a lot more than she does. So there's never leftovers for me, but for her, she's got a little bit of leftovers, <laughs> you know? So like, you know, it, it's really, it's really great to, you know, that your plan has, you know, the times because like, you know, sometimes, you know, we're trying to eat at a specific time so we can go to bed and not, you know, have eaten right before bed and we're like all full and stuff. So we're trying to eat around like, you know, six o'clock ish mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like meetings go up and like you said, meetings go up until five 30 and, then I'm just in the kitchen, just like scrambling. And, you know, I'm like, you know, like everything goes in at once, you know, like I'm just trying to do it. 
And so, yeah, like having, having, you know, a little bit of like something pre-made so that I can, you know, just put that in and be like, all right, cool. Like dinner will be ready in seven minutes, you know, that's really good. That's really helpful. And I think that that's something that, you know, uh, I think meal, meal prepping and meal planning is like the cream of the crop for that, you know? And so, um, yeah, that's, that's very, that's very nice. So, so in, so when you schedule that time, the two, you know, one to two hours or whatever to, to make the meal bases, uh, how do you, are you able to do the entire week? And is it just the, the dinners that you're doing, or is it also lunches as well? And so like, what's so, and it, that's, yeah, that's it. I mean, that's a great question. And again, I put it back to you. You can really customize that to what you yeah. want to do, but for the membership, we it's for the four dinners that we're giving mm-hmm. you. We give you four dinners, but I find for myself, when I do this system, I can do, I do, prep some stuff for lunch. I do prep some stuff for snacks. It just depends what's going on in my week. And what I ask myself is where do I need the help this week? Do I need it with breakfast? Do I have an early meeting and I'm going to have to prep a smoothie bag so I can throw this, you know, I'm not going to be able to have time to make my smoothie if I don't do that. Or Mm -hmm. um, am I going to make a tofu scramble that I can eat on two days because I'm just going to need to reheat something really quick, whatever it is. Right. So I, I usually it's dinner is is usually always I need the help but Mm -hmm. the other things I'm lucky I work from home so I don't need a lot of help with lunch except I always do usually bake a tofu um so I have some tofu that's like ready to go um and I might make a salad dressing just for bowls and salads and things for to make it easier Mm -hmm. for lunch but for me I find I need the most help with dinner um and just and like I said depending on what's going on with meetings with lunch and breakfast you know that's where I fill in but for me, two hours, I can get, now I've been doing this a while. So I, I can usually do like six recipes in an hour and a half. I could probably do like eight recipes in two hours. Like, you know, and I'm not just talking like, you know, huge meals. I'm talking like, you know, I'm making a sauce and maybe a soup and, um, you know, a spread, a marin- I'm marinating and doing a marinade or whatever, you know, it's a bunch of different things that then I can then turn into a meal. Um, so it depends on your skill level and how, how, (laughs) you know, often you've been doing this, but I think when people try, try this system, they find that within like two to three weeks, they're in a groove and they can start doing more in the kitchen. I mean, you can be cleaning up as you go along. So after the end of those two hours, you're like done, you know, the food is made and the kitchen is clean. So I think, the key is to not approach it. I think so many people approach it as like, oh, such a drag and it's so awful. And what I, I mean, if you can tell, like, I'm very passionate about this. I love it. I love food. I get excited about food. I could think about food all the time. So I try to encourage people to approach it as something fun, like do what you need to do. If you need to have your favorite beverage and your music blasting or a a podcast going or your favorite TV show going on while you're cooking, do that. Do whatever is going to make you happy. If you need to, like when I do my meal plan, you know, a lot of times I have a glass of wine. I've got my favorite pen out. I've got my favorite candle burning. I'm in my cozy chair. Like I make my environment like nice you know like this is me time like I am this is thanking future Stephanie like future Stephanie's gonna thank me for sitting down right now you know so if you can take that mindset you know then you won't be like scurrying 
at that, you know, six o'clock hour throwing everything all at once. Cause you're like, so stressed out. Like, oh my gosh, instead you're going to open your fridge. You're going to pull out that marinated tofu and you're going to put it in the oven and chop a salad or whatever. You know what I mean? So it, it's just a whole different mindset that it just, it's transformative. I mean, for lack of a better word, I keep saying that word, but it really is. It's transformative. You yeah, know, it's really, really fascinating. Amazing. Yeah, no, I, I really like that. I, I think there's something to, and and one can, at least I feel that I can arrive there being vegan because that compassion and that positivity that veganism kind of, that's, that undergirds the concept of veganism, you know, can be brought to bear much faster. You know, the idea of joy, the idea of um, having fun with it, you know, just, when you say just take the tofu out and don't make it a big deal. You know, this is this is not, um, and I, I can see that where it's, it's not supposed to be a struggle or a chore. You know, this mm. is supposed to be part of what we're doing. It's part of life that we're doing. Right. And, in, and at the same time, we're not harming anything. We're not hurting any, mm. any, any other beings while we're doing it. That that in itself, you know, almost uh, justifies the joy. Yes, you see what I, I mean. I love that. Like, justifies like, like, the joy. That's beautiful. You, you know, like 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 we're not we, we we know we are not harming anything, so we can actually you know find joy in this. And actually, I like that concept a lot. And just mm-hmm. just that joyful part and not making it a chore. Yeah, mm. yeah, it's yeah. pretty awesome. What what would you say for let's um a, a new a new a person just getting started into in in this and they've been vegan for maybe a little bit but they you know they it's all about time right you know we just don't have time in the day to do be cooking for three hours every single day what's something easy that a person can do like right now maybe even while they're listening to the podcast or watching this video. They can do right now to help them for next week, you know, or for this week, you know, um, in, in, I think, I think the easiest thing to do would be to look at your week that you are mm-hmm. planning for dinner that you want to make dinner for and, and block off how much time you have to prepare that meal. That's one thing. I mean, that's what, as you're watching this right now, you could do that. You could pull out your calendar and you could say, oh, I want to eat at six and I've got a meeting until um, 5.30. So I've got 30 minutes. You can just block that off dinner prep time Mm -hmm. and let that kind of help you figure out what you're going to plug in for dinner based on that. Mm. That's great. It's planning. Like you got to plan to eat like people. It's like so simple, right? You're like, oh, that's so it's so simple, but it's not so easy. But if you don't plan to eat, you're not going to eat. Like I just I've seen it so many times. And there's so many times where I'm like, oh, I'm so tired. (laughs) I still have to do the meal plan for next week. And every time I make myself get to get to my chair and with my little cup of glass of wine and every time I'm thanking myself I'm never it's like exercise you never go god I really wish I didn't do that that workout today who says that nobody says that right it's the same with the meal prep nobody ever says oh yeah I really wish I didn't take that time to plan out what I was going to eat and prep it and you know you're all you're always happy when you do that so it's just a little planning absolutely what what do you, so what's an example of, uh, cause you've said, you know, 
you start with the base, you know, for meals. What's an example of like a base for a meal? Okay, so um, well, I'm only think about what we're what's on the. I just did a plan for um, this next week. We've got barbecue jackfruit is one of mm. a base. So um, you do a little slide. We're doing sliders with a little slaw on that. Mm. Um, another base is we have a chipotle corn chowder on the menu. So that's oh, nice. like the the meal, right? Um, and you can you know from there you can serve that with a salad. You could do a little DIY nacho bar and serve cups of soup with it. Like you could have a lot of fun. Like obviously I love food, so I could come up with all sorts of <laughs> ways to serve all these recipes. Um, another base. Oh, um, we have a fava bean spread, and we're using that. You could use that in many ways, but we're using it to make pita pizza salad. So this is one of my favorite ways to get kids to eat more salad is I just put it on a pizza. So um, you take your pita and I'll, I, I like um, kind of interactive food at meal ideas, especially with now my kids are older, but when they were younger, I was always trying to make ways to give them control over what they were eating to let them customize it. Right. So they felt empowered to put food on their plate. Um, and so pizza is kind of a good one because you can, you know, you can have the pitas, you have this fava bean spread that you've already made. That's your, like your sauce. And then you have your salad that you can put on top and then you can have additional toppings and whatever else you want. So that's another idea. And then, um, we said the fava beans, the jackfruit. Oh, um, the last recipe, I'm just trying to remember what we're serving next week is chickpea curry burgers. And so burgers are a great filling. You can make patties on the weekend and then don't cook them. I mean, you could cook them, but it's usually better if you just refrigerate or freeze them. So that way they're, you know, more, they're, they're they don't dry out on you. And, um, you know, burger, I mean, uh, you could do burger salad, burger, regular burgers, all, all sorts of things. So those are a couple of, of different ideas and you can, you know, change just because it's a burger doesn't mean you have to serve it as a burger, right? You can mm. chop that up and, you know, crumble it in different, like there's so many different things. Um, and if you notice all of these ideas, they're vegan, they're plant-based, but you could, your partner who's not vegan could take the same, you know, you, with those chickpea burgers, you saute vegetables and seasoning and put them with chickpeas and mash it up and make your chickpea burger. You could make a double batch of those, um, vegetables and seasonings and have a separate bowl where your partner puts ground chicken in there and does their own patty. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be a part of it, but you can set yourself up for success if you want, you know, or a lot yeah. of times I have to be honest, I'll just buy like, um, we're doing, um, I'm doing a tempeh Caesar salad wraps and this mm. week and my I just and my kids do not like tempeh unfortunately so even if I sometimes you know they'll eat tofu and think but tempeh they don't like mm. so I just buy at Trader Joe's I buy the pre-cooked chicken and my my kids or my husband takes care of that like they and then I make the salad with everything else and then they put their own chicken and you know so we're eating the yeah. same thing we're together but I don't even have to I don't have to smell it. I don't have to cook it. I don't have to, you know, I have to buy it. That was a compromise we came to because unfortunately I'm the shopper or not. I love to shop, but I'm the shopper. So that that's actually a funny side note. I, when I was going through, I told you that tough time at the beginning, it was like, I was like, I'm not going to buy any animal products. And so it was like, 
I was making my husband gonna make him go buy the animal and with his he was back at back then especially he was traveling a lot for business and it just wasn't feasible it wasn't compassionate it wasn't supportive mm -hmm. and so anyway long long way story to say I I do buy I will buy the the animal products if, if that's what they want for their dinner but I don't have to cook yeah. it <laughs> you know um um as you as you helping people with their meal prep, I was wondering what are some of the ethical concerns, you know, about the way the food is grown or, or made that you put into consideration for the folks. Um, so you know, like some people would get organics or something just to to limit some of the harm that's actually done to animals. You know, as we move them along towards being becoming vegan at some point, hopefully, eventually. Um, what? How do you navigate through that, or do you um, do you get to tell them about that, educate them about that, to see maybe that could also uh, dissuade them from from meat products, or persuade them to to do more vegan products in their meals as opposed to. How do you go through that? So I do. Um, so again, I'll take a step back. I try not to tell people what they should or shouldn't do <laughs> and instead share what's working for my family. And so I do do that on a weekly basis um, with my members. I share, this is what, how the, this is how I'm shopping for these recipes. These are the brands, these, you know, they're not endorsing me or anything. This is all very transparent with them. Like nobody's paying me to tell you this. I'm just, this is what works for me. Um, I, I try to, to support my local farmers markets as much as possible, local businesses as much as possible. Um, and, you know, it's funny you were saying the ethical, not funny, but interesting that you mentioned that because with the meat that I buy, I try so hard to buy kosher because kosher is treated more humanely and it's blessed and there's all these other things that go into being a kosh root, you know, but I, all that to say, it's, it's hard. There's so much to navigate. I feel like I'm constantly inundated with information where you think, oh, this is okay. But now, no, that's actually not okay. Because now <laughs> this is happening in the world and they are exploiting this, you know, community and you're like, oh, so I just, I, try, so what I, I guess, Yes, all that to say, I have the intention, I share, I stay uh, educated and share that information as I can, and stay up to date as much as I can. But at the end of the day, and what I've always taught my children to, in, because of, I, I had to come to terms with their choice, you know, not to go vegan or whatever it was, is I've taught them to honor and respect the food and where it's coming from. So they're not, if they're eating, this is a bad example because my kids don't, I don't make them this, but chicken nuggets, for example, that that chicken nugget came from a chicken and the chicken came from a farm. And, you know, same with their vegetables, a farmer worked and, you know, on the land and harvested that. And then it was, it went to a grocery store and it was packaged or whatever, you know, it goes to the farmer's market. And so, um, especially if you have little ones, I think trying to educate them because it, it actually is a good skill for all of us as humans to be 
present and aware of why we do what we do. We so mm -hmm. blindly just put food in our basket or our mouths and to really honor and think about what is nourishing us, right? Like mm -hmm. that energy, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm little woo-woo in my family. They call me woo-woo because I'm so big on energy. And like, I just feel that like, you know, if there was harm, you know, that's, that's another thing with like meat. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to cook something and put that bad energy out there. You know, I feel like that, that harm that, well, you can relate as vegan, but um, I think if you can set that intention and make that commitment to really be present and honor where that food is coming from, you're never going to be perfect. We're never going to be perfect, but at least we can have the intention, which I feel is one of the goals with veganism is our intention is to act with compassion. You know, people, when I, they think they're like smart and funny when they hear I'm vegan, they're like, oh, so does that mean you don't eat plants? Cause the, if you don't eat, can't eat plants cause you're hurting a plant when you cut the plant or, you know, they, they take it to that level. And I have to stop and say, okay, that's so funny. Um, but really <laughs> it, it actually enables me to have a larger conversation about them. Well, actually it's about intention and compassion and, and taking that step back. So I think, you know, to answer your question, I think that if, there you can as you can do as much as you can on a practical level but i do think this other intention setting is also very important in that goal too yeah yeah i i i definitely um agree that um um it is easier to bring people along with love than with hate yeah for sure yes. um so and i know it's very complicated and um, it just so happens that when you're in a mixed dietary family situation, it's right in your face as a book. But it is in our face every, everywhere we're walking all the time. All, anyway, because most people that we're, we're looking at out there in the world, they're meat eaters. So yeah. we're faced with that all the time. People that we, we hang out with, our friends and so on. So we're faced with it all the time. It's just when you have it in your family, uh, you just have it really, really close, mm. and then and the, and it affects all of your own decisions. Where the people that we meet on the road or in a you know in a work situation, they may not necessarily have the direct impact on our decisions, but they still do indirectly. So we're still mm -hmm. all affected by all of this. And I do agree there has to be some element of compassion uh, that we have for people. Uh, in in fact, in our restaurants, we have no negative messaging at all. And that's by design uh, because uh, we get it. Most of us, 95%, 97% of our family members and our friends are non-vegans. And we love them. Yeah. And I wouldn't want anything right. to happen to them. So I get it, you know. Um, but I also understand, uh, you know, where, where uh, you have um, uh, people who are really staunch vegans or even, even to the point of militancy you know, that they may feel that, no, we need to say this. And actually that style may work for other people, mm. but it may not necessarily work for everybody. So I get it. So I think, right. um, I, I, I totally understand it. And I understand the dilemma. We are all in a dilemma. <laughs> I think the dilemma is all over the place, you know, where we're all mm. dealing with it somehow, you know, uh, because we know even when, when I'm in my own, um, when my, in, my, in my own little space at home, I know I'm thinking about 
that that industrial farm right now with those animals, I know every single second something is happening out there. So mm. even though it's not directly, I'm not involved with it directly, I know it's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm in mentally, I'm in a dilemma. <laughs> you yes. know, so I totally get it, you know, like um, but I think you get it, you, you have a unique um, opportunity also because you get to experience it right there with you and learn how to navigate. And I think that's that's where the uniqueness comes in, that you can really teach us how do you how do you navigate that when it's really right there mm-hmm. you know, in front of you. So we really appreciate uh, appreciate that uh, that um, uh, understanding from you for sure. Thank yeah. you. Uh, so you. we are running uh, out of time, but I do want to ask uh, one question, or I, I want to bring up. You know, you said that you've got books that you've written. Do you want to uh, tell yeah. us about that? Because you know, yes. it's for it's like children's books, and that's very interesting. Yeah, if you have littles, um, I, actually, though, I joke they're from age zero to ninety nine. You can you, any age, but um, they're picture books. They're called they're a series, not a nugget and not a purse and they are picture books to help educate families about our animals being our friends and not our food and not a nugget and in not a purse to educate um kids and families that animals are our friends and not furnishings or accessories or other mm-hmm. things that you find around the home um mm-hmm. so yeah they they're nonfiction. i spent a lot of time researching facts about animals I I they the really quickly because I know we're short on time but I really struggled when I was starting out my platform and again I didn't start out to to do a business I was just trying to share information and I was noticing I was sharing all of these recipes in encouraging and supporting people who were going vegan but there weren't a lot I felt like I'm not doing it's more than just a, a light a diet, for example, too. For me, it's a lifestyle and values and everything. And I felt like I, I needed to help them um, like understand more behind it. And I, as I was connecting more with people, I was learning that kids are so connected and having little ones, my kids were so connected to animals and saw them as themselves. But the older that we got, the more, the more I worked with the parents, you know, with the kids, it was an easier sell, right? With the parents, they, we become so disconnected. And so I thought, what if I could harness that power of, mm-hmm. of the um, humanizing the animals? If I could humanize the animals and show parents and families how much we're like them, that it's a safe way to talk to kids about veganism. So that's mm-hmm. how the books came about is finding, you know, like, and not a not a nugget. It says, "Did you know that a pig can play a video game on a joystick just like you?" And then there's a fact about that. And then mm. you know, so it's like not a hot dog. And then it says, "Did you know a pig, you know, can do this?" And so mm. it it humanized one. It made them to say, "Wait, a pig is in my hot dog? Like what? You know, or whatever it is, right? You know, a nugget is it is a." Um, uh, what do you call it? A chicken. So anyway, mm-hmm. it, it was a great um, way to humanize them. So that's how the books came about. You can get them on Amazon, not a nugget, not a purse. <laughs> that's awesome. That's really great. And I think that you're definitely right that, and I've seen it so many times with kids, you know, 
tr- either trying to save the animals or, you know, like re- when they realize, oh, like this is, I'm eating this. I don't like that. Like, you know, they, they have a very like, a very like visceral, visceral reaction to the un- information mm-hmm. that they are eating animals, you know, not just, you know, and, and we talked about, uh, I talked about this with my dad before about like, you know, when you start to separate the, like the language that you use around like types of meat, right? Like if, if you're saying, you know, well, what's a tenderloin, like that's, it's still part of a cow, but like you're, you're giving it yes. a different name to like separate yourself from what, from the animal, it's the animal and, and like, and that it is a, a living being that probably didn't want to die. And, you know, like it's so uh i think that you know that's if you if if kids are able to understand that at a at a younger age you know then maybe they'll make a different decision than they would have if they had no idea you know so yeah it's very special yeah it's fascinating yeah it's fascinating because i think i was i remember we're talking about it uh the other day but um you know in yoruba uh, i'm yoruba from nigeria west africa and Yoruba language, we don't have words for steak and bacon oh. and nugget, stuff like that. We don't have that. It's just chicken or pig. So because I think by having the actual name, then you you would actually either eat it consciously because you know that that's what you're eating or say, oh, I don't think I want to have a pig. <laughs> you can mm-hmm. you can actually make probably a better choice to either do it or not do it. Mm-hmm. And I think right. if, if there's a way that we can get away from a from a more um monetized language, you know, mm-hmm. that monetizes that those 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 beings, you know, uh and make them uh, commodities, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we mm-hmm. can just go back to what they actually are. There's a pig, it's a cow. It's a chicken, <laughs> you know right. what it is. Yeah, yeah I, I totally get it. I, I'd say it's a beautiful concept. I, I wanted, I want to definitely get it, your books for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at that. That'd be great. Thank so, you. Yeah. So um, we're going to, or we're at the end here, uh, but I do have a couple sort of final questions that we ask everyone. Um, so, what advice would you give? people are just sort of starting out um, doing meal prep? Um, what would my best advice be? If I could distill it all into one thing. I guess my best advice is to plan to eat. Hmm. Make a plan and set aside 30 minutes to make that plan. That would be my best advice. Awesome. Uh, what are you working on at the moment? I'm always working on the membership, always trying to make it better. I do have a third book that um, in the series that I've had on like the like started but haven't done anything with that I that's in the that's basically not a lipstick, not looking at cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Animals are our friends, mm-hmm. not cosmetics. Um, and I have a cookbook that's also on the shelf too that I'm working on. All I always have a few things I'm working on, but I would say first and foremost, it's building the membership and and growing mm-hmm. it into something, you know, that's big and beautiful. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and, and where can people find you if they 
the easiest is just go to batchcookingclub.com and you'll see, you can get links to all the different things. Um, yeah, that's probably the easiest. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie, for, for coming on today and giving everybody the wisdom, uh, that you have. I mean, it's just, it's been so great. It's been so great to have you on. Thank you. Yeah, thank definitely. you for having me. It's been great. Yeah. And bringing so your fun. light your light, your smiles, uh, your, <laughs> your, your energy. We really appreciate that so much. Thank yeah. you. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. So we just had our conversation with Stephanie Dreyer. Um, that's great. It's a great conversation. She was very, very like the personality is very great. I mean, she's so bubbly and vibrant and it's just so she's really a, a pleasure to talk to you know yeah yeah uh, um just uh seeing her for the first time it was very striking to see her uh the smile um yeah it's it's just really awesome to just see to see to see her and um you know you can almost feel the joy and the and the happiness you know yeah. uh, just oozing mm. through her you know uh, yeah you can feel that immediately and also uh, that uh, sense of understanding and compassion that she has mm -hmm. you know comes through very very much so yeah you know uh, yeah. and the non-judgmental part of her also mm -hmm. comes through so i was really impressed with that you yeah know, um, she pr I'm, I'm i'm assuming that you know she's had to develop it over time because you know having you know, especially that, like you said a little bit earlier in the interview, you know, having family members who are not meat eaters that are so close to home, not just your cousins or, you know, like your whoever, but like people that are like in your direct, like your kids, your husband, your, or your right. partner or whatever, right? like these people not being vegan, you know, it really, you've got to sort of develop and harness compassion in order to like sort of get through you know and not that she's getting through but like you know in like with the thing but like I, I feel like it's just you know like she's really I feel like she's really displaying that she's harnessed that compassion in it and I feel like it really it really um shines through you know that that she yeah totally that she's, yeah, yeah so it's and, been really interesting and it's also interesting too because I, I and I can see how her learning how to have that compassion, you know, um, and for herself, she has to also, um, you know, because I, I believe, as she said, in the very beginning, you know, she was, uh, she was um, uh, more, much more uh, stronger. Mm -hmm. She had a stronger feeling about this, right. you know, that you got to do this. But yeah. I think over time, as things didn't just happen the way she thought it would, she had to really come to terms with how mm -hmm. do I, continue to love my family right uh, and yeah. and i think that that calls for that compassion you mm -hmm. know that understanding and she's learned how to make that work and i think and and also the uniqueness of having to to be so graceful mm -hmm. you know around people that are not necessarily vegans yeah you know and you yeah. have to learn to do that and then and then also use that to teach other people how to have right. such compassion 
Mm-hmm. And I think um, in without a way, without having with with having the line in the sand still drawn of, of right. where your values that's right they they are not crossed you know like she's that's right she's not she won't do everything you know it's not like yes. you know she's going to be cooking and all the other stuff she has Absolutely. that line where she says you know I'm not doing anything more than this so yeah well but it's also interesting because and her her style and the way she's doing that with this mixed dietary families. Mm-hmm. is that she's teaching them that compassion and love mm. so that when those non-vegans uh, around, you know, within the families see mm-hmm. those vegans actually showing love and compassion as she's spreading that, you know, uh, through through the community, then non-vegans will actually be more inclined mm-hmm. to move towards veganism because there's compassion and love that's actually, you know, pulling them along, mm-hmm. you know, but it's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very nice to, to have um, had that chat with her. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and she's just a great personality too. She you know, mm-hmm. really uh, enjoyed yeah. speaking with her. Um, all right. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening to this episode and we'll, we'll see you guys on the next one. Absolutely. All right. Bye. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Green Carpet Interviews. We hope you found it informative and inspiring. This show was brought to you by Veg on the Edge, our vegan restaurant in Santa Cruz and San Luis Obispo. If you're in the area, be sure to stop by and check out our delicious plant-based dishes. Check out vegontheedge.com for more information. To stay connected with us and learn more about conscious living, follow us on Instagram at Green Carpet Interviews. We love hearing from our listeners and would love to hear your thoughts and feedback. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Green Carpet Interview.